Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Mr. Junior, as he's called on goingyourownway.com, sent me a donation to talk about and research the issue of call girls. This is what Mr. Junior had to say. Great idea you have with the call girl research. And it would be a valuable thing to show us guys just how involved or easy it would be to do this, since I'm sure that we've all thought about it, but never pulled the trigger. You are doing one heck of a great job providing this channel, and I've converted two of my buddies so far to see the truth. Man, are they pissed at themselves for being hoodwinked for so many years. I also had the same reaction as well. Well, Mr. Junior, thanks for your donation and suggesting this topic. I have been doing lots of research on this subject for a very long time now, and I'm on the verge of pulling the trigger, so to speak, for myself as well. Mr. Junior, you basically want me to do some extensive research on this subject. And this video is most likely the first of a series of two videos. For this one, I actually went out and had a phone interview with the stripper slash call girl and spoke to her about her personal experiences. After you commissioned me to research this subject, I thought about all the research I'd done before and the legalities associated with going out and paying for an escort for half an hour and then sharing my story. In reality, there's not much time to talk and spend with the escort, if you know what I mean. And if I started calling random escorts from Backpage.com, a personal online escort directory with my personal phone number dangling in their faces, then that would not work as well. Besides, what would I say? I want to talk to you, possibly interview you, and then take your picture. Those are all things that I essentially want to do. I can essentially see that taking their pictures would be an easy thing to do, but I've heard stories from friends paying for prostitutes and escorts, and while having sex, a couple of them even mentioned that the pimps or bodyguards would either be hiding in the bathroom or a closet, so I needed to go into a different direction for this story. I thought about everyone I knew that was involved in the sex industry. I had a friend at the sex shop where I'd buy condoms, but she wasn't really any help. I briefly also dated a girl whose father once owned a strip club. Organized crime, dirty cops, and the legal system are just a few of the issues I might have to deal with if I ever spoke about my experiences. I've seen dirty cops take bribes before. They saw that I was looking at them, and I just stared up at the ceiling like nothing was going on. And they just smiled and continued to collect the money they were getting from the bar owner. But I'm getting way off topic here. So what did I do for this video to research it, you ask? Well, the first thing I did was talk to my friend, the suspected Naywalt, She's the same girl I talked about in my video called Self-Sabotage from a month ago. I told her what had happened with Mr. Junior sending me a donation, and she said that she had personally known strippers and call girls, and she was still in contact with one of them. She used to work at a gambling establishment by the airport years ago, and the strippers and call girls would come in and spend their money there. She did customer service and had the opportunity to speak to many of them and knew them personally. So I asked her if she could connect me with one of her stripper-slash-call-girl friends and let her know that I was interested in getting information from her and learning more about the escort business in the city. So my friend got in touch with her 
and asked her if it was all right for me to speak to her about this. She ended up agreeing to do a conversation over the phone as long as I promised not to record her voice or to use her real name. So I asked her what name she wanted to use instead, and she came up with the name Dallas Glitterpants. I said, like, Debbie does Dallas? And I asked, why Glitterpants? And she said, because it sounds like the name of a 1970s porn star. I also asked her if she wanted to pose for pictures, and she said, absolutely not. I asked her, if people don't contact her online, how do they get in touch with you? She told me that at the strip club where she works is where she gets most of her clients. They see her on stage, and then they talk about what she can do for them off stage. It's perfect because her parents can't find out about it, and she has a perfect cover in terms of income by making tons of money as a stripper. Right now, Dallas is in her early 30s, but she started stripping at the age of 22. She finished college for secretarial work, did that for a couple of years, and then saw her life basically going nowhere, so she decided to get into stripping. She makes great money stripping, by the way, well over $100,000 a year, and drives a Beamer. And no, she doesn't work at the landing strip out by the airport, like I have in these pictures. She works over an hour away out of town. Just in case someone at the landing strip is actually watching this video, I just took these pictures with my telephoto lens from the street for this video. So please relax, guys. The reason Dallas strips and escorts is because it's been illegal to live off the avails of prostitution almost forever here in Canada. With the Supreme Court of Canada throwing out the prostitution laws as unconstitutional, it's going to change things, but it's going to take some time. The laws are still being upheld until the end of the year, but last year there were only about 10 arrests for prostitution in this area. The cops are effectively not enforcing the laws anymore, because by the time the cases come to court, the laws may no longer exist. She explained to me that the laws are in legal limbo right now, but if a woman lives off that money that she makes off of prostitution, then she could get into a lot of legal trouble. As I continued talking to Dallas, she confirmed a lot of the things that I already know about escorting, and then things that I didn't really pay too much attention about. I'm not shy when it comes to women, but I don't know if they're lying to me about their STDs that they may have. But she told me that they're actually more worried about STDs than the men that they service. I also asked her when she's going to retire and get out of the business. She told me she has no other marketable skills, and she sees herself doing this for well over the next 20 years, until her late 40s, and then retiring in her early 50s. I was kind of shocked that she told me that she hits the gym for about an hour a day, and takes care of her body, and also can't biologically have children because she had an HPV-related cervical issue. She wishes that she had learned about the HPV vaccine about 10 years ago when she started, so that she could have a kid right now. But that's no longer an option. Today, they don't care. They get the HPV vaccine, or human papillomavirus vaccine, in high school. The schools are starting to mandate this vaccine so that young women can continue to ride the cock carousel here in Canada and be wild and free. Dallas also smokes, so she thinks that the combination of smoking and lots of sexual activity probably had something to do with this. She smokes to keep her appetite down, but it increases the chances of her HPV continuing to spread. She's also had a few AIDS scares over her time, and because of that only uses Durex and Trojan condoms because they have the least likelihood of tearing. She also pays for the condoms out of pocket and then puts them on to the Johns. This way there are less issues with tearing, and she can also lubricate them with extra lubricant. Before she puts them on, she checks the Johns for herpes to make sure that he's not having a flare-up. 
If he is, then she basically says no to the transaction. There are many things to check before she has sex with a client. And even when she had sex with them, there are things that she wouldn't do. Besides not putting pictures of herself all over the internet, she doesn't do bareback blowjobs. She doesn't French kiss any of her clients. And she doesn't renegotiate the price for her time after the fact. And she makes sure that she's paid well before she does a checkup on any guy's stuff. She also doesn't have sex away from her usual motels and hotels. And she checks in with the motel staff every few hours. Or with the other girls working in the same place. She told me that that's one reason why women like doing duos or threesomes with men. They get paid about the same amount of money, but only have to do half the work and have the added security and protection of another woman with them in the room. And as of right now, they have to stick to the motels because of the law. You can't legally run a body house or brothel in Canada at this point, but next year that's going to change. At the end of the year, if the laws don't change, then it will be legal to run a brothel. Then there will be some serious changes all over Canada. But what she wants to do is rent an entire floor in a commercial building and turn it into a brothel if it's possible with other women, but thinks that the law will not let this happen. Instead, she believes that organized crime will just build brothels attached to strip clubs, or strip clubs that already have hotel rooms above them will just continue what they're doing and expand the space that they're using for business. In Toronto, there are tons of strip clubs with motels built into them or adjacent to them. This is nothing new, but the girls have to pay a cut to the strip club owners to use that space. She didn't mention if she had to or not, but I'm pretty sure that she did. And the number of strip clubs in the city has also been capped. The city is no longer issuing new licenses, so the existing licenses are golden and worth a bundle. I also asked her about the inevitable question about how many guys she slept with in her life, but I wasn't a dick about it and asked her in that particular way. Instead, I asked her how many clients she sees on the average week. She told me she has about 10 to 15 regular clients on a weekly basis for her escorting and that it makes roughly 20-30% to 30 of her income. The escorting income she uses for groceries, going out, partying, and vacations. But even though she's only doing it for a few hours a day, it's still about 50-60 to 60 guys she sleeps with per month. Or if you annualize that out, it's well over 2,500 guys per year. Or let's say 25,000 times in her lifetime over the last 10 years. I asked her why she sells her body if she's making enough from stripping, and she told me that in her business, you get addicted to the money and the power that she has over men, and that's the real reason that she does it. She also says that she's really good at it, and she said that that's the reason why many other strippers and escorts also do this job, because they're good at it. She also told me about some of the tricks of the trade regarding makeup and lighting and body type, etc. She says each stripper sets up the light show the way they want because it can help them hide their age and wrinkles extremely well. And most of the strippers are in their late 30s and early 40s where she works. They also lower the light level in their hotel rooms to make sure men don't see their faces, and thus not their age. It's all a game of cloak and daggers, and if you're purchasing the services of an escort, make sure that her pictures online are not photoshopped. Dallas says that the best way to tell is if a woman's hands are photoshopped or not. That's the hardest part of Photoshop, to Photoshop the hands properly. Otherwise, you'll be paying $150 to $200 for some 40-year-old woman pretending to be 27. She lies about her age as well, by about five years, because of the lighting and makeup tricks that she uses. 
she said I had a better chance of earning the trust of an escort by photoshopping her images first and then sending them back to her with the offer to take more pictures later. So I may actually do that first. Another really funny thing was her story about Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and Greek construction workers. For some reason, she says, these guys from these particular backgrounds love trannies. This is the actual quote that she gave me. These are guys with wives and kids at home. In their free time, they get banged by trannies. Nice. And I nearly fell off my seat when she said the word nice. There are tons of risks associated with purchasing the services of an escort. I knew the risks about STDs getting ripped off by pimps as well as arrests. But she assures me that it's quite safe and she doesn't keep a pimp in the closet waiting to jump you and then rob you. I told her that the next time I'm in her neck of the woods, that I would swing by and see if I could take some pictures of her, or possibly a little bit more. She said no to the pictures, but she's going to try to find someone that doesn't mind having their pictures taken for some cash, and she's going to ask for me. Well, that does it for today's video. Thanks again, Mr. Junior, for your donation, and I will do a follow-up video to this one in the next few months. I also have another announcement. The Sandman Project is a go, and I also have two people interested in helping me shoot it, as well as a donation all the way from Germany to get me out and shooting people on the streets. I also have another announcement. The Sandman Project is a go, and I have someone that wants to help me shoot it, as well as a donation all the way from Germany to get me back out on the street and shooting these street interviews with women. Right now it's minus 10 degrees Celsius up here in Canada, and women are not going to stop in the freezing cold weather on a street corner to answer my questions. So that shoot will have to happen sometime in late April or early May. But until then, I'm compiling some questions. And I want to ask random women on the street these particular sets of questions. And I'll probably be sharing those in the next week or two. If anyone has any suggestions about what I should ask, I'm all ears. Anyways, thanks for taking your daily dose of red pills. Enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.